for Thursday, November 5th, 2020. This is Did You Wash Your Hands? We're a podcast from WABE, answering the questions everyone's asking during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm health reporter Sam Whitehead. Today, Governor Brian Kemp plans to make big changes to Georgia's individual insurance marketplace that are likely to affect hundreds of thousands of people. Healthcare may or may not be on everybody's mind at all times, but the pandemic has kind of put it front and center in a way that maybe it was slightly less before. Ariel Hart, who covers healthcare for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joins me to discuss how Kemp's proposals have been shaped by the pandemic and how they could be undone. That's next. You love free, and at Ameris Bank, so do we. That's why we're proud to offer worry-free, hassle-free Ameris Bank free checking. Manage your money your way with convenient access to digital, mobile, and telephone banking, all with no monthly service fee or minimum balance requirements. At Ameris Bank, we're with you. For more information or to open an account, visit our local bankers in person or online at amerisbank.com slash free checking. Other fees such as overdraft fees may apply. Ameris Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Support for WABE's local coverage on maternal health and mortality comes from Georgia Health Initiative, whose mission is to inspire and promote collective action that advances health equity for all Georgians. Learn more at georgiahealthinitiative.org. In the midst of the coronavirus pandemic, federal officials have okayed Governor Brian Kemp's plan to remake the individual health insurance market here in Georgia. That plan is possible because of the Affordable Care Act. Next week, the U.S. Supreme Court will consider whether to overturn that law, which could have major implications for Kemp's plan, says Ariel Hart with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. She joins me now to discuss just what Kemp wants to do and what could happen to that plan. Ariel, thanks for talking with me. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I want to start just by laying out what Governor Kemp wants to do under this specific waiver authority laid out under the Affordable Care Act. It's kind of weedy, but if you could just kind of break down for us what the governor wants to do with this 1332 waiver plan. Sure. There are a couple of main things that Governor Kemp uh, and his office want to do. One of them is a reinsurance plan. It's called reinsurance, and it's basically a great big old subsidy of government money that goes into the private insurance companies. So it takes some of the risk off of their hands for some of the bigger claims. And the hope is that the savings that the insurance companies get from not having to be at risk for those larger claims will trickle down to cheaper premiums. So the reinsurance program is one thing that uh, Governor Kemp wants to do with his 1332 waiver. The other is far more controversial, cutting edge or dangerous, depending on who you are. They want to really revamp the shopping experience for Affordable Care Act health plans. And the most important thing they want to do for the 400,000 people who shop now on healthcare.gov is block their access to healthcare.gov. They would 
would be instead given contact information for existing web brokers or private insurance agents or private insurance brokers where they could buy the same plants, but they would be presented in a different way. Those were the two basic pieces. And these were plans that were in the works long before the pandemic. So talk to me about that. I mean, how has the Kemp administration kind of altered these plans to adjust to the pandemic reality that we're in? Well, one thing that has happened is that the Kemp administration has delayed implementation. They were going to try and get some of this rolling right away this coming year. And now it looks like there's going to be anywhere from a six-month to a two-year delay, depending on which piece of the waiver you're talking about. The other thing that the pandemic may have done is to make it all seem much more important because healthcare may or may not be on everybody's mind at all times, but the pandemic has kind of put it front and center in a way that maybe it was slightly less before. And these were plans that we kind of had whispers. They were in the stages of final approval a few weeks ago. They actually got approved less than a week ago. We got this announcement from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. I believe it was Sunday, just a few days before Election Day, that these plans were approved. Was that timing surprising to you? (laughs) I mean, if you're a political animal, it wasn't surprising, I think, A lot of people had expected that they were um, really pulling out all the stops to try and get something announced before the election for a lot of different reasons. But, I mean, 48 hours before an election is, (laughs) yeah, that was a thing. We also not only were surprised by the timing, I think people who read the fine print closely, like yourself, actually found a kind of notable addition in some of the language with this particular waiver. What did you find there? Uh, It's unique. So you can look at the documents. They're all online for all of the waivers that have been approved for other states using this same gizmo, Section 1332. And all of them, there's like a template that they use. And one of the things that every single one of these has done is to say, we, the federal government, we reserve our right to terminate this. If you, the state, do not hold up your end, or if this happens, or if this happens, then we reserve the right to take our ball and go home. And this waiver for Georgia did something very different. First of all, it took that clause and inserted the word only into it. So basically, it turns it around and instead of saying, you know, we don't have to do this, it says we have to do this unless the state doesn't do its job. We can terminate this only if the state doesn't do its job. And then the second thing it did was to add a whole other clause at the bottom that said that basically if the federal government suspends or changes or stops this waiver in ways that this Trump administration contract does not contemplate, then we have breached the contract. The federal government has breached the contract. And um, just a payout won't be enough to make you whole state. We will have to put the waiver back into force. So basically, it's an attempt to tie the hands of any future administration that doesn't have the same point of view on this waiver. Is there a sense that this kind of novel bit of this waiver plan, is this legal? 
there's no chance that this won't end up in court. This is absolutely going to be contested. You know, and I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. And the folks I spoke to, they were definitely surprised to see it. And they definitely said that it would be challenged. And it falls in line with a number of things done by the Trump administration that are so novel and surprising. Some people are looking at it and saying, it looks illegal. Does a party to a contract have the right to tell the courts that normal processes don't apply and that you have to change your rules and take us now? I don't know. But at any rate, all of the folks looking at this say it's going to be contested. Speaking of undermining this waiver proposal, there's actually a case that's currently moving through the legal system here that could also undermine not just this particular waiver that the state has gotten approval for, but waivers like this all around the country. This is this lawsuit the U.S. Supreme Court is hearing next week that questions the legality of the Affordable Care Act. So talk to me a little bit about that in the context of of Georgia's recently approved plan. Yeah, that's a really big one. So oral arguments are um, scheduled for November 10th, and the states that are suing, including Georgia under Attorney General Chris Carr, want the entire Affordable Care Act to be overturned, erased. So the states that are defending the Affordable Care Act They say, look, even if the basis that you're suing on is correct, it still doesn't apply to the the entire Affordable Care Act. You can strike down this one little piece of it that won't really affect many people at this point and let the rest of the law stand. What then could we expect for Georgia's waiver plan built on the authorities provided to them through the Affordable Care Act if either part or all of that piece of legislation is struck down. Well, if the entire thing is struck down, which we won't know for months and months, the court tends to rule in the spring or early summer, it would be massively impactful. Uh, First of all, the 1332 waiver wouldn't exist because the waiver that applies to the insurance market, there won't be an Affordable Care Act insurance market. You will not be getting Affordable Care Act subsidies for your insurance plans Uh, So there would be no way to change it. And then there are other pieces of the law that we haven't talked about that would also go away. I just can't even begin to explain the highly impactful ways that the Affordable Care Act has infiltrated all kinds of corners of the health care system and health care law. And we just don't even think about them, you know, and, and some of them people hate and some of them people love. But regardless, they're just really wide ranging. So in your conversations with folks at the governor's office, how do they square trying to set up th- this waiver program here in Georgia while at the same time, Georgia is also trying to overturn the law that lets this program be possible in the first place? That's a good question. I think that in Governor Kemp's statements before, what he's been saying is, you know, they're no fan of the Affordable Care Act. They're no fan of pretty much anything that Obamacare did. But given the the situation that they're in, they're going to make the best of it. And especially with the Trump administration coming in and really wanting to push the envelope on more conservative solutions, they're saying, you know, 
we may have some opportunities here to do something innovative that we couldn't even have done without the Affordable Care Act. So it's kind of like making lemonade out of lemons and doing something new and interesting that they couldn't have done before. We are having this conversation while the outcome of this week's presidential election is still not entirely clear. So I know it's kind of hard to look into the future of this waiver plan from the governor, not really sure who's going to be the next administration to have control of the White House. But as much as you can kind of telegraph forward for us as to what the future may hold, what does that look like based on who who makes it into the White House? Yeah, it's kind of a fascinating situation. So the court case that aims to overturn the Affordable Care Act, that's going to go on regardless. It doesn't matter who wins. The arguments will happen. The arguments have already been filed on paper in the court. They'll be listened to. And the membership of the court, barring new changes, is going to be what it is through the period where they make their decisions. So the case itself doesn't necessarily have to change. Of course, you know, if you had a new Biden administration in, then they might decide that they're going to supplement the brief that the Trump administration had filed backing the suit in order to say, well, this new administration does not back the suit. But it wouldn't necessarily mean much because the courts try to rule based on the law, not based on who's in office, and they have probably heard most of the arguments that there are to make already. You mentioned kind of the parts of this plan earlier. It's two-parted. We have this reinsurance program, which is an approach to lowering prices that is pretty broadly popular. These are programs that exist in blue and red states. What Georgia wants to do, kind of cutting ties with the Affordable Care Act, that's something that's a little bit more novel and really seems to be something the Trump administration is pushing. So is there a way in which a future administration could support part of Georgia's waiver proposal um, and not the whole thing? Yeah, I think that's a good question. But first, I want to make clear, it's not that the Kemp administration wants to cut ties with the entire Affordable Care Act, or, you know, I don't know if they do or don't, but that's not what they're asking to do in the waiver. Affordable Care Act plans under the waiver would still exist. It's just that you would not be able to buy them on the Affordable Care Act's website on healthcare.gov. Now, so if the administration in Washington were to change, you might have a different approach to how to deal with court challenges. So I can only guess, but my speculation would be that since the Trump administration's aides who have worked on this waiver with the Kemp administration have been so supportive of it, that they would do everything in their power to try and kind of search the corners for elements of it that can be uh, supported while the court cases go through. But I mean, really, in the end, what matters is what the courts rule. We're in the middle of open enrollment for next year. People are actively searching for plans on healthcare.gov. This plan from Governor Kemp isn't going to affect open enrollment this year, correct? That is correct. So this year, everything is just the same. Nobody needs to even think about waivers if they don't want to until more than a year from now. These waivers do not affect anyone trying to enroll in insurance or anyone at all for at least uh, another half a year, or probably a year or two. Everyone still has access to healthcare.gov right now. Everyone can still enroll exactly the same way that they used to enroll for the past few years. So what do you make of the idea that 
the governor is really pushing forward with really making some some pretty substantial changes to what insurance looks like for so many people here in Georgia in the midst of a pandemic and changes that will take effect potentially while the pandemic is still a, a major part of our lives. That's an interesting question, Sam. You know, I think that the governor would say that what they're doing is aimed at increasing enrollment. Critics who have taken issue with the waivers say that the opposite is true, that their numbers don't make sense, and that, in fact, it'll have a huge impact in discouraging enrollment and driving the numbers down by as much as 100,000 people who would not have insurance. I would say whatever the answer is, it will be critical to have more people having health insurance so that if they wind up needing care for coronavirus, they can get it. As always, you can get care if you walk into an emergency room with an emergency, but the kinds of supportive care that help people stay healthy or make it through the pandemic or make it through their COVID illness, you'll have to be able to pay for them or some of them it might be tough to get. So, you know, it's really kind of not clear what's going to happen to the number of Georgians with insurance uh, should this be enacted, but it's important. The waiver conversation has been relatively quiet for the last few months. The pandemic has certainly eclipsed it as it has so many news stories. But here we have in this span of a week, just a little bit over, the waiver gets approved. We have an election, potentially a new administration coming in the week before the Affordable Care Act itself goes before the Supreme Court. This just seems like such a monumental time for health policy in the country and that, that Georgia is right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it, Sam. It's kind of amazing. You know, sometimes you're writing about or studying things that seem like a quiet corner of the policy world. And then sometimes you're right in the middle of the tornado and here we are. Ariel Hart covers healthcare for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Did You Wash Your Hands? is a production of 90.1 WABE Atlanta, where ATL meets NPR. WABE's managing editor is Alex Helmick. Scott Wolfel is Chief Content Officer. You can reach us at washyourhands at wabe.org. You can find all our episodes in your favorite podcast app, where you can also leave us a rating and a review. And you can find more stories on the coronavirus pandemic at wabe.org slash coronavirus. If you haven't recently, now might be a good time to go wash your hands. I'm Sam Whitehead. Thanks for listening. full of mysteries. Are ghosts real? Is that yogurt expired? Hey, the unknown can be scary, but when you donate to WABE, you know where your money is going. Your gift supports the journalism that keeps you informed and the programs that pull back the curtain on complicated stories. Help us make the world less mysterious. Become a member now. Go online to wabe.org donate and thanks.